Welcome to Beyond the Script, a podcast where we discuss trending and innovative topics in the world of primary care and talk about new products and services that are driving change in the healthcare industry. Here are your hosts, Dr. Joel Bessmer and Ryan Bessmer. Welcome to Beyond the Script. My name is Ryan Bessmer. I'm here with my father, Dr. Joel Bessmer, and today we're going to talk about a disease that more than 100 million Americans have, hypertension. Dad, can you talk about what is hypertension, why is blood pressure important, and then we'll talk a little bit about how we treat it. So uh, to start off, what is hypertension? Well, by definition, it means that your blood pressure is elevated. So I think we start at really what is blood pressure. So there are two numbers. Uh, The top number, uh, the higher number, is your systolic blood pressure. And what that represents to your physician or uh, provider is we're trying to think back to what's the pressure inside your left ventricle. And that's the area of your heart that does all the work to pump blood all over your body. Now, I think about that a little bit differently. We are truly thinking about what is the pressure inside your left ventricle, but really what drives hypertension and high blood pressure is often that it's working against too much resistance. So when I'm teaching my patients about hypertension, it's trying to say, what are those things that we're doing or not doing that we think are adding to that resistance? And I think of the heart as the end organ in this, that although it's the beginning organ in creating the pressure, it's also the end organ that's being damaged by having to work against that, that pressure. So that's the systolic, the top number. The diastolic, then, uh, the bottom number, is when your heart is at rest. And so that's roughly uh, about 95% of the time. 5% of the time, your heart is beating, and 95% of the time, your heart is at rest. So we've spent a lot of money in research trying to figure out which number is more important, and basically you can find studies that will say systolic, you can find studies that will say diastolic, and really the answer is they both really matter. So that's high blood pressure. That's hypertension. Um, And I do think of it as a disease. I think of it as a disease of the blood vessels and heart. When you say pressure in the left ventricle, why is pressure important? Why does it matter in the health um, for for someone to... Where's the pressure created and yeah, why no. does that matter? Right. We think about building muscle as a good thing in our body. The, the difference here is your heart is not skeletal muscle, right? So when you go do bicep curls and you're building that big bicep muscle, that's a good thing for it. Uh, in the case of the heart and cardiac muscle, we have this thing that you uh, learn about in medical school called Starling's Curve. And basically what that means is as you add a little bit of muscle to the heart, the function can improve up to a certain point. And then after that, we start losing function. And so because of Starling's curve, hypertension really matters. Um, It's also, once again, I think when you gain the understanding that it's really the pressure you're working against, it's... That's pressure your heart is working against. So it has to work harder. And in this case, then it builds up extra muscle because of that. And so now that's muscle you have to oxygenate and supply blood to. And once again, after it can get so big, then pretty soon that muscle doesn't contract as well. Imagine then as a bicep muscle, as it got bigger, you get to a certain point where even though you're making it bigger, the bicep actually gets weaker. That's what happens with hypertension and heart disease. Before 2017, the American Heart Association kind of sets its levels for at what point does your blood pressure indicate that you have hypertension? And historically, it was 140 over 90. In 2017, they moved it to 130 over 80. And because of that, 100 million Americans all of a sudden have hypertension. Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they made that move? 
Well, I mean, the, the good person inside of me says I think they did that because they want people to care more about their blood pressure, and they're trying to make sure that people understand that really the lower your blood pressure is and you're asymptomatic, the better that is for the rest of your body. Now, that's true for a couple of reasons. If you're not taking medications and your blood pressure is lower, like your mother, my wife, right, runs a normal blood pressure of about 90 to 95 systolic, that top number, which is pretty low and yet feels great and does all the things she does and all those things. And that's fantastic. That just means there's very little resistance that the heart is having to work against and the heart isn't having to work very hard. There are some patients who, if their blood pressure got to 90 systolic, we might uh, have to do some serious things to help them feel better because they're not appropriately perfusing their organs. So understanding what your blood pressure runs becomes important in that. The, so I think part of that is they really want people to understand, and the lower your blood pressure, the better. But, you know, I also understand healthcare is a business. And I'm here to tell you, as we talked about in our sick healthcare um, discussion. And if you haven't listened to podcast number one and you're cheating and listening now, you need to go back and listen to podcast number one. Because in our sick healthcare system, remember, if we don't label you with a disease, we can't bill you. So when we drop now this criteria to label you to 130 over 80, and we add another 100 million into the ranks, that's another 100 million with that diagnosis that we can bill for when we see them. How do you treat someone with hypertension if, if, they, if they present um, the disease? What sort of things are you doing to help them cure it and then sustain it long term? So a number of things. Um, that the very first thing you want to do is, first of all, to make a diagnosis of hypertension is not one visit. You're really supposed to see those uh, elevated blood pressures at two different visits. Um, I like patients to get their blood pressure also checked outside of the office. The white coat hypertension thing is real, as you guess. You know, you, People get nervous sometimes when they come to the doctor, and especially if it's a first visit or it's somebody you don't know or those kinds of things. So some of it could just be some white coat stuff. Um, but th- when I think about treatment, the first thing I think about is why are they hypertensive? Now, remember, in, in this strange medical world, we call hypertension most commonly essential hypertension is how it got defined. And that means we don't know what the cause is, actually. When it was initially described, they thought it was essential that this person have a higher blood pressure to be able to stay alive, and therefore it was an okay thing. As we looked at those groups, we found that those people who have higher blood pressures have more strokes, more heart attacks, more kidney disease, lots of different problems. And so it is something we want to treat and get under control. But the first thing your provider or your doctor should do is think about the why. And one of the most common reasons I find patients are hypertensive is sleep apnea. You know, we used to think that sleep apnea was a disease of obesity, and I was taught that if you're going to screen for sleep apnea, you measure the size of somebody's neck. Well, for those of you who don't know me and are listening, I weigh about 160 pounds. I'm 5 feet 10, and I have severe sleep apnea. My neck size is 15 and a quarter. So it's not just about neck size. Sometimes it's actually about jaw configuration. And then for both men and women, when we get into our 50s, late 40s, uh, we can really get some relaxation in our jaw muscles. Therefore, that jaw relaxes back when we fall asleep and the tongue falls to the back of the throat and we start to obstruct from our tongue. So sleep apnea is by far and away the number one thing I find in my patients that are now coming in and I find hypertension in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. 
Some of it is essential, meaning hypertension runs in their family, and that is the way they're designed. Remember, the kidneys are very important when it comes to blood pressure regulation, and oftentimes then that that might be something in their family. But thinking about kidney disease, thyroid disease, many other things as to the cause. The treatment then, the things I like to do is to try and say, could your lifestyle be contributing? How much alcohol do you drink? Are you getting appropriate sleep? Uh, Could you have sleep apnea? Uh, What are you eating? Could we try to lower your salt, do some of those things and see? I always like to try some of the simple things before we go to the medication side of it. Uh, But otherwise, there are multiple different medications and multiple different classes of medications that we can choose to lower blood pressure. Probably the most common group used is uh, ACE inhibitors or angiotensin blockers. For someone that has hypertension, I imagine taking your blood pressure somewhat regularly is important. And there's all kinds of home blood pressure kits. Can you talk about, uh, you know, are all blood pressure mechanisms created equally? They're really not. And the most important thing is, first of all, home blood pressure kits can be very accurate. But you need to know if yours is accurate or not. And the best way to know that is taking it to your physician provider's office and having them check with a sphingomanometer, meaning that's that cuff around your arm where we blow up and we listen because we're listening for these things called Karatikoff sounds. And so what happens in these blood pressure cuffs that people buy and use at home is really they're a microphone device, and they're listening for that sound, and that's also how they measure. But there are some sounds that can occur when we're taking the blood pressure that aren't the Karatikoff sounds, and the machine picks those up and can call those your numbers. So I do think it's important to make sure you take it to your doctor's office, have it checked to make sure it's giving you accurate readings. If it's off by a consistent amount, that's okay. You can still... Uh, understand and use it, but there's, you know, there are a group, and especially in our elder, that have vascular disease, the group we really like to follow sometimes, that these are notoriously inaccurate because they have stiffening of their blood vessels from calcium and calcification, and that stiffness then when you blow the cuff up and let it go makes a sound, and the cuff will uh, almost always interpret your systolic then to be very high. Well, I've learned a lot from this discussion. I, uh, I, I think that uh, there's probably people out there that are listening to this that maybe haven't been to the doctor in a while, haven't taken their blood pressure, and it's important that you do that. Even if you uh, uh, feel fine and you're healthy and you've never been diagnosed with hypertension, it's important that uh, uh, you check yourself every once in a while. And so I've certainly learned a lot and kind of interested to know what my blood pressure is now. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it really is something important to know. And just as much as you should understand how much money you have in the bank and all those other things, you should understand what your cholesterol is, what your blood pressure is, what your blood sugar is. You know, many of those things that are so important in our health care that we take for granted every day, we really should know what they are. Well, we're going to continue to do more of discussions like this about specific diseases uh, to help you educate us uh, about what they are and how we can prevent them. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Beyond the Script podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. If you liked our show today, we invite you to subscribe to Beyond the Script on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Thank you for listening.